Chapter 3.25, Part 4 of A Personal Narrative of Travels to the Equinoctial Regions of America During the Years 1799 to 1804, Volume 3 by Alexander von Humboldt Translated by Thomasina Ross This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3.25, Part 4 Till the middle of the 18th century, all that vast space of land comprised between the mountains of French Guiana and the forests of the Upper Orinoco, between the sources of the Caroni and the Rio Amazon, from zero to four degrees of north latitude, and from fifty-seven to sixty-eight degrees of longitude, was so little known that geographers could place in it lakes where they pleased, create communications between rivers, and figure chains of mountains more or less lofty. They have made full use of this liberty, and the situation of lakes, as well as the course and branches of rivers, has been varied in so many ways that it would not be surprising if, among the great number of maps, some were found that trace the real state of things. The field of hypotheses is now singularly narrowed. I have determined the longitude of Esmeralda in the upper Orinoco, more to the east amid the plains of Parima, a land as unknown as Wangara and the Darsalev in Africa, a band of twenty leagues broad has been travelled over from north to south along the banks of the rio caroni and the rio branco in the longitude of sixty-three degrees this is the perilous road which was taken by don antonio santos in going from santo tome de angostura to rio negro and the amazon by this road also the colonists of surinam communicated very recently with the inhabitants of grand para this road divides the terra incognita of Parima into two unequal portions, and fixes limits at the same time to the sources of the Orinoco, which it is no longer possible to carry back indefinitely toward the east, without supposing that the bed of the Rio Branco, which flows from north to south, is crossed by the bed of the upper Orinoco, which flows from east to west. If we follow the course of the Rio Branco, or that strip of cultivated land, which is dependent on the Capitania General of Gran Para, we see lakes, partly imaginary and partly enlarged by geographers, forming two distinct groups. The first of these groups includes the lakes which they place between the Esmeralda and the Rio Branco, and the second belong those that are supposed to lie between the Rio Branco and the mountains of Dutch and French Guiana. It results from this sketch that the question whether there exists a Lake Parima on the east of the Rio Branco is altogether foreign to the problem of the sources of the Orinoco. Beside the country which we have just noticed, the Dorado de la Parima, traversed by the Rio Branco, another part of America is found, 260 leagues toward the west, near the eastern back of the Cordillera of the Andes, equally celebrated in the expeditions to El Dorado. This is the Mesopotamia between the Caqueta, the Rio Negro, the Uaupes, and the Urobesh, of which I have already given a particular account. It is the Dorado of the Omaguas, which contains Lake Manoa of Father Acunha, the Laguna de Oro of the Guanes, and the auriferous land whence Father Fritz received plates of beaten gold in his mission on the Amazon toward the end of the seventeenth century. The first, and above all the most celebrated enterprises, attempted in search of El Dorado, were directed toward the eastern back of the Andes of New Granada. Fired with the ideas which an Indian of Tacangua had given of the wealth of the king, or Zacque, of Cundirumarca, Sebastian de Balalcazar, 
in 1535, sent his captains Anasco and Ampudia to discover the valley of El Dorado, twelve days' journey from Guayabamba, consequently in the mountains between Pasto and Popayan. Note. El Valle del El Dorado. Pineda relates, que mas andalante de la provincia de la Canela se hayan terras muy ricas, adonde andaban los hombres armados de piezas y joya de oro, y que no javia sierra ni montana. Beyond the province of Canela, there are found very rich countries, though without mountains, in which the natives are adorned with trinkets and plates of gold. Herrera, deck five lib, ten cap, fourteen, and deck six lib, eight cap. Six Giagra, Blavania, volume eleven, page two sixty one. Southy tome one, pages seventy eight and three seventy eight. End of note. The information which Pedro de Anasco had obtained from the natives, joined to that which was received subsequently, 1536, by Diaz de la Pineda, who had discovered the provinces of Quijos and Canela between the Rio Napo and the Rio Pastaca, gave birth to the idea that on the east coast of the Nevados of Tunguragua, Cayembe, and Popayan were vast plains abounding in precious metals, and where the inhabitants were covered with armor of massy gold. Gonzalez Pizarro, in searching for these treasures, discovered accidentally in 1539 the cinnamon trees of America, Laura's cinnamomoides, moot, and Francisco de Oriana went down the Napo to reach the river Amazon. Since that period, expeditions were undertaken at the same time from Venezuela, New Granada, Quito, Peru, and even from Brazil and the Rio de la Plata for the conquest of El Dorado. Note, Nuno de Chaves went from the Cuidad de la Asuncion, situate on the Rio Paragua, to discover, in the latitude of 24 degrees south, the vast empire of El Dorado, which was everywhere supposed to lie on the eastern bank of the Andes. End of note. Those of which the remembrance have been best preserved, and which have most contributed to spread the fable of the riches of the Manaos, the Omaguas, and the Guaypis, as well as the existence of the Lagunas de Oro, and the town of the gilded king, Grand Patiti, Grand Moho, Grand Paru, or Enim, are the incursions made to the south of the Guavieri, the Rio Fragua, and the Caqueta. Oriana, having found idols of massy gold, had fixed men's ideas on an auriferous land between the Papamini and the Guaviare. His narrative, and those of the voyages of Jorge de Espira, George von Speer, Hernán Pérez de Quesada, and Philippe de Ure, Philip von Houten, undertaken in 1536, 1542, and 1545, furnish amid much exaggeration proofs of very exact local knowledge. Note. We may be surprised to see that the expedition of Houten is passed over in absolute silence by Herrera. Deck, 7 lib, 10 cap, 7 volume 4, 3, 238. Fray Pedro Simon gives the whole particulars of it, true or fabulous, but he composed his work from materials that were unknown to Herrera. End of note. When these are examined merely in a geographical point of view, we perceive the constant desire of the first conquistadors to reach the land comprised between the sources of the Rio Negro, of the Oaupes, Guape, and of the Jupura, or Caqueta. This is the land which, in order to distinguish it from El Dorado de la Parima, we have called El Dorado des Amaguas. 
Note. In 1560, Pedro de Ursua even took the title of Governador del Dorado y de Omagua. Fray Pedro Simón, Volume 6, Chapter 10, page 430, end of note. No doubt the whole country between the Amazon and the Orinoco was vaguely known by the name of Los Provincias del Dorado, but in this vast extent of forests, savannas, and mountains, the progress of those who sought the Great Lake with auriferous banks and the town of the Gilded King was directed toward two points only, on the northeast and the southwest of the Rio Negro, that is, to Parima, or the isthmus between the Caroni, the Essequibo, and the Rio Branco, and to the ancient abode of the Manaos, the inhabitants of the banks of the Yurubesh. I have just mentioned the situation of the latter spot, which is celebrated in the history of the conquest from 1535 to 1560, and it remains for me to speak of the configuration of the country between the Spanish missions of the Rio Caroni and the Portuguese missions of the Rio Branco, or Parima. This is the country lying near the lower Orinoco, the Esmeralda, and French and Dutch Guiana, on which, since the end of the 16th century, the enterprises and exaggerated narratives of Raleigh have shed so bright a splendor. From the general disposition of the course of the Orinoco, directed successively toward the west, the north, and the east, its mouth lies almost in the same meridian as its sources, so that by proceeding from Vieja Guiana to the south, the traveller passes through the whole of the country in which geographers have successively placed an inland sea, Mar Blanco, and the different lakes which are connected with the El Dorado de la Parima. We find first the Rio Caroni, which is formed by the union of two branches of almost equal magnitude, the Caroni properly so called, and the Rio Paragua. The missionaries of Piritu call the latter river a lake, Laguna. It is full of shoals and little cascades, when passing through a country entirely flat, it is subject at the same time to great inundations, and its real bed, su verdadera caja, can be scarcely discovered. The natives have given it the name of Paragua, or Parava, which means in the Caribbean language sea, or great lake. These local circumstances and this denomination no doubt have given rise to the idea of transforming the Rio Paragua, a tributary stream of the Caroni, into a lake called Casipa, on account of the Casipagotos who lived in those countries. Note, Raleigh, pages 64 and 69. I always quote, when the contrary is not expressly said, the original edition of 1596. Have these tribes of Casipagotos, Epurimai, Orinocoponi, so often mentioned by Raleigh, disappeared? Or did some misapprehension give rise to these denominations? I am surprised to find the Indian words of one of the different Carib dialects, as Rabeta Casipuna Aquiriwana, translated by Raleigh, the great princes or great commander. Since Acarwana certainly signifies a chief or any person who commands, Raleigh, pages 6 and 7, Casipuna perhaps means great, and Lake Casipa is synonymous with Great Lake. In the same manner, Cas Iquiare, may be a great river, for Iquiare, like Vini, is, on the north of the Amazon, a termination common to all rivers. Goto, however, in Casipa Goto, is a Caribbean term denoting a tribe. End of note. Raleigh gives this basin forty miles in breadth, and as all the lakes of Parima must have auriferous sands, he does not fail to assert that in summer, when the waters retire, pieces of gold of considerable weight are found there. 
the sources of the tributary streams of the Caroni, the Arui, and the Caura, Caroli, Arriva, and Caora, of the ancient geographers, note, Donville names the Rio Caura, Coari, and the Rio Arui, Aroe. I have not been able hitherto to guess what is meant by the Aloica, Atoka, Atoica of Raleigh, which issues from the Lake Casipa, between the Caura and the Arui. End of note. Being very near each other, this suggested the idea of making all these rivers take their rise from the pretended Lake Casipa. Note. Raleigh makes only the Caroni and the Arui issue from it. Hondius, Nueva Carte, Hat ven Vonderbare Land Guyana, Besocht door Walter Raleigh, 1594 to 1596. But in later maps, for instance, that of Sansom, the Rio Caura issues from Lake Casipa. End of note. Sanson has so much enlarged this lake that he gives it forty-two leagues in length and fifteen in breadth. The ancient geographers placed opposite to each other, with very little hesitation, the tributary streams of the two banks of a river, and they placed the mouth of the Caroni and Lake Casipa, which communicates by the Caroni with the Orinoco, sometimes above the confluence of the Meta. Note Sanson, Map for the Voyage of Acunha. 1680, L.D. South America, 1659, Coronelli Indes Occidentales, 1689, end of note. Thus it is carried back by Hondius as far as the latitudes of two and three degrees, giving it the form of a rectangle, the longest sides of which run from north to south. This circumstance is worthy of remark, because, in assigning gradually a more southern latitude to Lake Casipa, it has been detached from the Caroni and the Arui, and has taken the name of Parima. To follow this metamorphosis in its progressive development, we must compare the maps which have appeared since the voyage of Raleigh till now. La Cruz, who has been copied by all the modern geographers, has preserved the oblong form of the Lake Casipa for his Lake Parima, although this form is entirely different from that of the ancient Lake Parima, or Rupunuwini, of which the great axis was directed from east to west. The ancient lake, that of Hondius, Sanson, and Coronelli, was also surrounded by mountains, and gave birth to no river, while the lake Parim of La Cruz and the modern geographers communicates with the upper Orinoco, as the Casipa with the lower Orinoco. I have stated the origin of the fable of the lake Casipa, and the influence it has had on the opinion that the lake Parima is the source of the Orinoco. Let us now examine what relates to this latter basin. This pretended interior sea, called Rupunuwini, by the geographers of the 16th century, in the latitude of four degrees, or four degrees and a half, in which direction, unfortunately, south of Santo Tomas de Angostura, to the extent of eight degrees, no astronomical observation has been made, is a long and narrow cordillera, that of Pacaraimo, Quimiropaki, and Ucucuramo, which, stretching from east to southwest, unites the group of mountains of Parima to the mountains of Dutch and French Guyana. It divides its waters between the Caroni, the Rupunuri, or Rupunuini, and the Rio Branco, and consequently between the valleys of the lower Orinoco, the Essequibo, and the Rio Negro. On the northwest of the Cordillera de Pacaraimo, which has been traversed but by a small number of Europeans, by the German surgeon Nicholas Horstmann in 1739, by a Spanish officer, Don Antonio Santos, in 1775, by the Portuguese colonel, Barata, 
in 1791, and by several English settlers in 1811, descend the Nioapra, the Paraguamusi, the Paragua, which fall into the Rio Caroni. On the northeast, the Rupunuwini, a tributary stream of the Rio Essequibo. Toward the south, the Takutu and the Urariquera form together the famous Rio Parima, or Rio Branco. This isthmus between the branches of the Rio Essequibo and the Rio Branco, that is, between the Rupunuwini on one side, and the Pirara, the Mahu, and the Urariquera, or Rio Parima, on the other, may be considered as the classical soil of the Dorado of Parima. The rivers at the foot of the mountains of Pacaraimo are subject to frequent overflowings. Above Santa Rosa, the right bank of the Urariapara, a tributary stream of the Urariquera, is called El Valle de la Inundación. Great pools are also found between the Rio Parima and the Jurumu. These are marked on the maps recently constructed in Brazil, which furnish the most ample details of those countries. More to the west, the Cano Pirara, a tributary stream of the Mahu, issues from a lake covered with rushes. This is the Lake Acumu, described by Nicholas Hortzman, and respecting which some Portuguese of Barcelos, who had visited the Rio Branco, or Rio Paravigiana, gave me precise notions during my stay at San Carlos del Rio Negro. The Lake Acumu is several leagues broad, and contains two small islands, which Santos called Islas Ipomucina. The Rupunuwini, Rupunuri, on the banks of which Hortzman discovered rocks covered with hieroglyphical figures, approaches very near this lake, but does not communicate with it. The portage between the Rupunuwini and the Mahu is farther north, where the mountain of Ucuguamo rises. The natives still call the mountain of gold. Note. I follow the orthography of the manuscript journal of Rodriguez. It is the Cerro Acuguamo of Kaolin, or rather, of his commentator, Hist Coragra, page 176. End of note. They advised Hortzman to seek round the Rio Mahu for a mine of silver, no doubt mica with large plates, of diamonds and emeralds. He found nothing but rocky crystals. His account seems to prove that the whole length of the mountains of the upper Orinoco, Sierra Parima, toward the east is composed of granitic rocks, full of druses and open veins, the peak of Duida. Near these lands, which still enjoy a great celebrity for their riches, on the western limits of Dutch Guyana live the Macusis, Aturajos, and Acuvajos. The traveller Santos found them stationed between the Rupunuini, the Mahu, and the chain of Pacaraimo. It is the appearance of the micaceous rocks of the Ucuguamo, the name of the Rio Parima, the inundations of the river Uraripara, Parima, and Hurumu, and more especially the existence of the lake Akumu, near the Rio Rupunuini, and regarded as the principal source of the Rio Parima, which have given rise to the fable of the White Sea and the Dorado of Parima. All these circumstances, which have served on this very account to corroborate the general opinion, are found united on a space of ground, which is eight or nine leagues broad, from north to south, and forty long from east to west. This direction, too, was always assigned to the White Sea, by lengthening it in the direction of the latitude, till the beginning of the sixteenth century. Now this White Sea is nothing but the Rio Parima, which is called the White River, Rio Branco, or Rio de Lagos Blancas, and runs through and inundates the whole of this land. 
the name of Rupunuwini is given to the white sea on the most ancient maps, which identifies the place of the fable, since of all the tributary streams of the Rio Essequibo, the Rio Punuini is the nearest to the lake Amuku. Raleigh, in his first voyage, 1595, had formed no precise idea of the situation of El Dorado and the lake Parima, which he believed to be salt, and which he calls another Caspian Sea. It was not till the second voyage, 1596, performed equally at the expense of Raleigh, that Lawrence Keymus fixed so well the localities of El Dorado that he appears to me to have no doubt of the identity of the Parima de Manao with the lake Amuku and with the isthmus between the Rupunuwini, a tributary stream of the Essequibo, and the Rio Parima or Rio Branco. Quote, the Indians, end quote, said Kimas, go up the Desequebe, Essequibo, in twenty days, towards the south. To mark the greatness of this river, they call it the brother of the Orinoco. After twenty days navigating, they convey their canoes by a portage of one day, from the river Desequebe to a lake, which the Haos call Ropunawini, and the Caribbees Parima. This lake is as large as a sea. It is covered with an infinite number of canoes, and I suppose, end quote. The Indians then had told him nothing of this, quote, that this lake is no other than that which contains the town of Manao, end quote. Cayley's Life of Raleigh, Volume 1, pages 159, 236, and 283. Masham, in the third voyage of Raleigh, 1596, repeats these accounts of the lake Rupunuwini. End of note. Hondius has given a curious plate of this portage, and, as the mouth of the Caroni was then supposed to be in latitude four degrees, instead of eight degrees eight minutes, the portage of Parima was placed close to the equator. At the same period, the Vaipoco, Oyapoc, and the Rio Cayenne, Moroni, were made to issue from this lake Parima, the same name being given by the Caribs to the western branch of the Rio Branco has perhaps contributed as much to the imaginary enlargement of the lake Amuku as the inundations of the various tributary streams of the Obrariquera from the confluence of the Tacutu to the Valle de la Inundación. We have shown above that the Spaniards took the Rio Paragua, or Parava, which falls into the Caroni for a lake, because the word Parava signifies sea, lake, river. Parima seems also to note vaguely great water, for the root par is found in the Carib words that designate rivers, pools, lakes, and the ocean. Note. In Persian, the root water, ab, is also found in lake, abdan. For other etymologies of the words parima and manawa, see Gili, volume 1, pages 81 and 141, and Gumia, volume 1, page 403. End of note. In Arabic and Persian, bar and daria are also applied at the same time to the sea, to lakes, and to rivers. And this practice, common to many nations in both worlds, has, on our ancient maps, converted lakes into rivers and rivers into lakes. In support of what I here advance, I shall appeal to very respected testimony, that of Father Kaolin. Quote, when I required of the Indians, end quote, says this missionary, who sojourned longer than I on the banks of the lower Orinoco, quote, what Parima was, they answered that it was nothing more than a river that issued from a chain of mountains, the opposite side of which furnished waters to the Essequibo, end quote. Kaolin, knowing nothing of Lake Amuku, attributes the erroneous opinion of the existence of an inland sea solely to the inundation of the plains. 
a las inundaciones dilatadas por los bajos del país according to him the mistakes of geographers arise from the vexatious circumstance of all the rivers of guiana having different names at their mouths and near their sources quote, i have no doubt end quote, he adds quote, that one of the upper branches of the rio branco is that very rio parima which the spaniards have taken for a lake aquien soponian laguna end quote. such are the opinions which the historiographer of the expedition of the boundaries had formed on the spot he could not expect that la cruz and Surville, mingling old hypotheses with accurate ideas would reproduce on their maps the mar dorado or mar blanco thus notwithstanding the numerous proofs which i have furnished since my return from america of the non-existence of an inland sea the origin of the orinoco a map has now been published in my name on which the laguna parima figures anew note carte de l'amérique dressée sur les observations de m de humboldt par fried vienna eighteen eighteen end of note from the whole of these statements it follows first that the laguna rupunuwini or parima of the voyage of raleigh and of the maps of hondius is an imaginary lake formed by the lake amucu note this is the lake amaca of surville and la cruz by a singular mistake the name of this lake is transformed to a village on arrowsmith's map end of note and the tributary streams of the uraricuera which often overflow their banks secondly that the laguna parima of surville's map is the lake amucu which gives rise to the rio purara and conjointly with the mahu the tacutu the uraricuera or rio parima properly so called to the rio branco thirdly that the laguna parima of las cruz is an imaginary swelling of the rio parima confounded with the orinoco below the junction of the mahu and the hurumu the distance from the mouth of the mahu to that of the tacuta is scarcely zero degrees forty minutes la cruz enlarges it to seven degrees of latitude he calls the upper part of the rio branco that which receives the mahu orinoco or purumu there can be no doubt of its being the hurumu one of the tributary streams of the tacutu which is well known to the inhabitants of the neighbouring fort of san joaquin all the names that figure in the fable of el dorado are found in the tributary streams of the rio branco slight local circumstances joined to the remembrances of the salt lake of mexico more especially of the celebrated lake manoa in the dorado de zamaguas have served to complete a picture created by the imagination of raleigh and his two lieutenants chemus and masham the inundations of the rio branco i conceive may be compared at the utmost to those of the red river of louisiana between natchitoches and cados but not to the lagunas de los jareas which is a temporary swelling of the rio paraguay note southy volume one page one hundred and thirty these periodical overflowings of the rio paraguay have long acted the same part in the southern hemisphere as lake parima has been made to perform in the northern hondius and sanson have made the rio de la plata the rio topajos a tributary stream of the amazon the rio tocantines and the rio de san francisco issue from the laguna de los jareas end of note end of chapter two point twenty five part four